Before we get to our guest, a quick message from our sponsor. We've talked a lot about Mike Lindell's products at MyPillow.com. The quality is just amazing, and everything he makes lasts forever. He's got a new product out right now that the summertime customer will just absolutely love. We've all had the slippers, and the quality on those is amazing. People rave about them. He's got the three layers of comfort, where he's morphed that technology into the summertime sandals. They look like Crocs, but they're much more comfortable and long-lasting. Again, the proprietary three-layer technology that will give you extreme comfort in these sandals to wear around uh, for the rest of your summers, actually. So how can you get these? You can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CDM to get the massive discounts he has on for the launch of this product. But just don't look at the sandals. Mike has over 600 products. If you're looking for household goods or apparel, don't go to the big box communist retailers that support the cabal. Support the Patriots, support cdm.press using pro, promo code CDM, and get the best discounts available at mypillow.com. And now let's get to our guest. So today in American Conversations, we have a dear old friend of mine, Kelly O'Meara, who's a journalist, who's a writer, who's written about uh, all kinds of drugs through the years. Kelly, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure, Christine. I'm so happy to, to see you through, I know, through this I know. Uh, wonderful new technology. <laughs> uh, so let's let's back up, you know, going going back. Uh, good, good God, you spent 18 years on Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. uh, you worked for, you know, different members up there. And then you started to work at the Washington Times Insight Magazine, which is where we met in the late 90s. Um, and you took a deep dive in a place nobody at that point in time was really covering, which was the Ritalin, Adderall, the drugs that were being forced on kids all over the country. You took on the American Psychiatric Association. You ended up writing the book Psyched Out, exposing everything. And I remember calling you in the midst of the beginning of COVID and saying, Kelly, what is it we need this time? And you said we need more doctors to speak out because the doctors were complicit in what was going on decades ago when Ritalin and Adderall became the sure. candy, what I call the candy drugs for kids. Sure. And, then, and it, you know, then it got changed in terms of its usage and it, you know, made, it made a great grandstand into the adult population. So Kelly, ex explain your thoughts about what you're seeing today, or let's go back first to there. How, what was it like for you? Cause I remember you and I talking about it when, when I was writing, you know, started to write about the Catholic church and just, you know, we, journalist and try to convince people at the time. And that was tough for you. So mm -hmm. give us, give us what happened because you nailed it with the American Psychiatric Association and the drug companies. So, you know, in a nutshell, I was actually uh, writing an article about a psychiatrist uh, by the name of Richard Gardner, who believed that the younger you had sex with a child, the better they were, you know, mentally stable. Right. And I remember reading his book and, uh, so I wanted to interview people about this, this psychiatrist, and I uh, was referred uh, by someone to the Citizens Commission on Human Rights. And so uh, I contacted them, and I met them at the Holiday Inn down in uh, D.C., um, and uh, the person I met was uh, Marla Philiday. She's the vice president mm -hmm. of CCHR. Anyway, I, I was interviewing her about, you know, Richard Gardner, this this really off-the-wall uh, psychiatrist we got done with that and uh we we just started kind of chatting and she brings up ritlin and she brings up adhd 
And so she goes into this long thing about how ADHD doesn't exist and Ritalin is the closest thing we have to cocaine and blah, 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 blah. Well, I went back to my office because <laughs> I thought she's nuts. <laughs> and I started doing some research and she was absolutely right. It floored me because everything in my mind that I had believed about ADHD in Ritalin was just blown out of the water. There is no science to ADHD. The drugs don't treat any abnormality in the brain that is ADHD. So from there, I started digging a little deeper and I wrote a piece after Columbine mm -hmm. um, where I found that the last 13 school shooters up to Columbine, including Columbine, the only thing that the shooters had in common was uh, not their family history, not they didn't wear black and, you know, they didn't play video games. That, none of that was what was in common. It was they all were on psychiatric drugs, and, and some of them were some of them were mixed. I remember you telling me that you call them cocktails. Yeah, but but we can get into that. Um, so anyway, so when I wrote uh, Guns and Doses, that was the name of the piece. It was the cover story. I mean, we just got a huge response at the paper. I mean, at the magazine, a huge response overnight. I came in, I had three thousand emails on my desk. Okay, so. Obviously, my editors were really happy, you know, and it was all good response. It was like, yeah, finally, somebody's talking about this. Who knew? So <laughs> what year, what year was it? What year was it? 99. 99. Okay. Because Columbine was 99, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Right. It was right after Columbine. Right. So, um, so anyway, that was a big deal for me uh, as far as, you know, the reception that the piece got. And then I went on to write about 24 more articles while I was uh, at the Washington Times about, you know, psychiatric drugging and uh, the fraud of psychiatry. Um, and then when I left there, I decided to write a book about it because what I really learned during all of that was that most people don't know there's two sides to these drugs. Okay. You know, they go, ah, but it helps people. <laughs> well, not everybody. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. And the pharmaceuticals are smart enough uh, to put the adverse events uh, on the labels. Right. Um, for instance, uh, SSRIs, which are antidepressants, uh, specifically the uh, S uh, serotonin selectin selective reuptake inhibitors, um, they have uh, adverse events that are, you know, mania, psychosis, abnormal behavior, homicide, suicide. suicide too. Well, well, it's even worse with suicide because years later, after I, you know, was writing about this issue. I remember going to the FDA hearing. This is amazing. And I write about it in my book. Okay. Psyched out. I attended this hearing at the FDA and there were hundreds of people in this room. And then there was the board, the FDA board that was going to decide whether or not to put a suicidality warning on all antidepressants. <laughs> so they allowed all these parents who were there two minutes to get up and talk for two minutes. And it, it really got to me because they're standing there with these, you know, poster sized pictures, photographs of their beautiful daughter, 11 year old daughter who hung herself in the closet after she'd taken Prozac. Uh, or, you know, the next one, this little boy who, you know, blew his brains out because he was on Zola. I mean, it just went on and on and on. And you just, your heart is breaking for these people. It was the hardest thing I ever had to watch. Okay. And then, the uh, FDA committee, the board there, they weren't going to vote. And everybody's like, no, vote, vote. <laughs> so 
So anyway, they finally did put a black box warning on all antidepressants for suicidality, right? They, these, these are supposed to make you not do this, right? That's mm-hmm. why you're taking them because if you're depressed, right? You take an antidepressant. No, these will make some people want to commit suicide, right? So they had to put a warning on it because the problem was so bad. Anyway. And, you th- and you would think people would get it. And I remember you meeting with over dinner with my late father who had been in the biochemical business. And when you decided to take to write the book, I remember I remember dad saying to you, Kelly, you take it on the Goliath. Yeah. And, it, you know, you do. But, you know, I'm smart enough to know that if I can document everything, mm-hmm. I'm good to go. Right. So I made real sure in my book that I could document every single thing I was saying. And when I went after Mike Wallace and Brooke Shields and Katie Couric, I didn't care. These are people who are in a position at the time. They're very famous. People are going to listen to them. You know, they're hacking for the pharmaceuticals. Right. And I'm sorry, but, you know, if you want to take if you want to take them at their word, they're suffering from mental illness. So why are we listening to these people? Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. But no, they're rah-rah, you know, cheerleaders for the pharmaceuticals, right? Well, they did, Mike did, in all honesty, I mean, back in the, I think it was the 70s, Mike did some pieces on Bax's injuries then, or maybe it was a little bit late. No, I think, I think it was the 70s when he first started to do it. Mm-hmm. Till Donahue did shows, you know, there was a dissent about vaccination pro and cons at the time. Katie, even when she was at NBC, did a vaccination. But when it came to the Ritalin, Adderall, mental illness, antidepressants, SSRIs, there was a big push for the networks at that point in time. There's no doubt about that. Well, it hasn't changed. I mean, all you have to do is turn on your television. Every other commercial is a pharmaceutical commercial. Every other commercial. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, you know, as soon as a person hears the name of a drug and they go on, you know, to Dr. Google, <laughs> I got to have that drug. They go to the doctor. 90, no, what, 99% of the time, 97% of the time, they'll get that drug. It'll be prescribed to them. Because they saw it on television. Exactly. You know, right. we're the only country in the world that allows pharmaceutical advertising on television. Well, no, th- no, actually, uh, we were the first, but then New Zealand. No, no, they stopped. Well, they did, but they 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 started to do it, and then they stopped. Right. But then, once the internet, you know, became everybody's life, then they advertise on social media. On the well, internet. that's one thing, but um, and, I, and they may do that all over the world on social media, but on television, we're the only country in the world now that still allows it. So, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I know that Pfizer practically owns CNN and MSNBC because, you know, they, they depend on that advertising, you know, dollar. Right. So are they going to really do, are they going to really run a piece that's hard hitting, you know, about antidepressants? Are they really going to do that? No, no. No, they're not. They're not. And I can I can say that having worked for four networks. Back to what recently happened, because this kind of, um, you know, we were going to do an interview, you know, several weeks ago. And then my, my schedule get mired in uh, politics. But in light of what happened in Highland, OK, in Chicago mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. uh, which is tragic, absolutely tragic. Tucker oh. went on his show. He did a, about a 17 minutes uh, spread on his show and basically said everything that Kelly Patricia O'Mara has been saying that I know for over 20 years. All right. Yeah. 
And yeah. so now people are saying, oh, can we have a class, you know, class action suit? And I say, read Kelly's book. This is not new, folks. All right. Because right. you went back before Columbine, yeah. documented the pre-Columbine violence, the connection yeah. with the, these cocktail Frankenstein drugs. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's still going on today, mm-hmm. has there been any congressional hearing? No, no. It, you know, and, and, and if I had to say what I, if I could have anything I wish in the whole world, mm-hmm. this is a two-pronged problem, okay? The first part, and this will fall into what we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. The first part of the problem is the diagnosis. It's a fraud. There is no science to a single psychiatric diagnosis. Zero, big hole in a donut. So explain how you uncovered that, Kelly, because I remember back in the days when you were doing this investigation, we would talk about it because because you you would you, you know you would demand that they give you the scientific basis of it, and there just it didn't exist. No, it doesn't exist. In fact, if you look <clears throat> at the um, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM of mm-hmm. the American Psychiatric Association. It tells you right in the, right in the beginning of it, well, you know, we, we don't have any science to back this up. It's, it's, not, it's not guesswork here. For them, it's all, you know, clinical, what they observe. Right, and then they change, the, they change the definition of it, just like in today's world of COVID, they change the definition of vaccinations to include. Uh, Well, well, yeah, they do. But what they do is they get together every five years or so, you know, the APA, the American Psychiatric Association, and they get little committees and they go, well, for, uh, you know, depression, I think we ought to add blah, blah, blah. And then they vote on it. Okay. There's no science there. It's just like, yeah, well, that's what we see in our, you know, clinical observations. Yeah. Well, that's not science. In other words, there is no abnormality in your brain that is any psychiatric diagnosis. You can't take a PET scan, an MRI, a CAT scan, an X-ray, a urine test, a blood test. Nothing will show an abnormality in your brain that is called a psychiatric diagnosis. ADHD, depression, anxiety, math disorder, reading and writing disorder. You know, these are ridiculous. How do, you- do they even get into, in your research, Kelly, did you ever find that they try to try to justify these drugs having anything to do with uh, neurological disorders? No, but there's a difference between a neurologist and a psychiatrist. Neurologists actually deal with diseases of the brain. Mm-hmm. Psychiatrists deal with behavior. Right. Okay. A big difference. So as I'm saying, neurologically, there is no disease that is any psychiatric diagnosis. They've never found ADHD in the brain. They've never found depression in the brain. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm not saying that people don't get severely depressed. They do. Mm-hmm. But you cannot call it a disease because there's no science to it. An objective, confirmable abnormality. That's science. That's medicine. So explain to the audience what it was like for you as an investigative journalist, you know, covering the story at the time, because they, they did try to push back on you. Well, they did and they didn't. I mean, what you get mostly is is people who are on these drugs. Those are the people who are the you know the biggest pushers. No, well, you should have seen me before I was on them. You know, and I'm like, well, okay, whatever. My whole point is that we have to face the diagnosis. The APA has to be brought in and said, hey, you know what? There's no science to anything you're saying here. 
On top of that, once you say somebody's got ADHD, you have the medical community doling out, you know, ADHD meds, Ritalin, right? Ritalin is the closest thing that we have to cocaine. Mm-hmm. Let's give it to our five-year-old for, you know, the next three years. Their brain isn't even developed till they're 21. Right. And there's no discernment. So let's talk about the effects that you found on the children at the time, because I, I, I remember that you did, you did a couple of stories about uh, little boys at the age of eight receiving Ritalin. And then when they got to puberty, and nobody was acknowledging that. Well, the thing is, is that when you start a child, I mean, I, I, I don't know the exact number, but I can tell you that I pulled off some information not too long ago where you have literally thousands of zero to one-year-olds who are on antidepressants. Mm-hmm in the United States. How does that happen? That's criminal. How can that child tell you they're depressed? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Zero to one? Come on. And it just gets worse as you go up the chain. So by the time they're in kindergarten, let's remember these are little boys. Usually the the people who are diagnosed with ADHD are little boys because they wiggle, you know, Mm -hmm. they get a lot of energy and they're supposed to, but that's not acceptable anymore. So, you know, we got to get teachers. The teachers. It's for the teachers. The teachers don't know how to quote unquote control the little kids that are wiggling all over the place. Well, that may be it too. But the point <laughs> is, these drugs don't treat any known abnormality. So I say to the parents, "Where's the abnormality that you're willing to give this drug to your child? You know, if your child couldn't show you had a broken leg, would you put a a cast on it? Mm-hmm. Right? There's. It's like the uh, <laughs> what do you call it when they go oh you know my my i have a chemical imbalance right people go oh my doctor said i may have a chemical imbalance that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard in my life if people would only think you go to your doctor and they go, oh you may be suffering from a chemical imbalance okay well how about you do a test let's test you know my chemical levels oh that's right there's no test known to man to do that in your brain The only way you can test the levels of your chemicals in your brain is at autopsy. It's ridiculous. So (laughs) it may be due to a chemical imbalance. It may be due to a zillion other things. You can't pay Bill Visa and Bill MasterCard and you hate your husband. But they don't say that. This is life. Life is full of ups and downs and it's hard, right? So why do you why do you think that people in America have bought into this? Is it just that we're pharmaceutically addicted in this country? At this point, I think we are, but in, I believe you're being lied to, okay, by the, by the medical communities, you know, they're telling a parent, you know, he has eight or, you know, eight of the 18 symptoms, raises his hand at a turn, talks at a turn, doesn't turn in his homework. You know, if you have one of eight of these 18 symptoms, you have ADHD, excuse me, you have ADHD. And who made and who was it that made up those cards? We know the APA made that made that up. So they they changed. They included this quote unquote disease in the diagnostic. They review it every five years. They make up the roster, just like we know now. uh, I think that you know when we've all become aware of pandemic that actually it's 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 an epidemic because it's all over the world, but. in, in different countries, but not but not globally. But we know that with the opiates, when the pain charts were put into the hospitals in the United States, one to ten, 
-hmm. those, were, those were put in through the hospital administrators with directions to the doctors. But the people that created that were the Sacklers, the people who actually have been, you know, brought to task for the opiate disaster that we've had. So this was the APA that created that 18 births. So it's all insulatory. Yeah, it's I mean, all within the DSM. Every the DSM is, and I don't have it right here with me. I don't. I, I it's not on my shelf here. Anyway, I do have a copy of it. Um, you know, it's it's this thick, okay, and little bitty baby writing. There's over 400 mental illnesses in the DSM, and the criteria, you know, for for what determines what you know you have. So. You know, I look at that and I go, why doesn't Congress call them in and go, look, you know, show us some science here. They don't. And they but never have. That, then you have the pharmaceuticals, you know, they go hand in hand. The mm -hmm. pharmaceuticals go, oh, well, you know, we have a drug that'll, you know, help you. I love that word help. The point is they are lawyered up. When you read a pharmaceuticals insert, yeah, it's, you know, it may, it may help your depression. Well, well, it may, and it may not. Right. So they use a lot of lawyer words in it because they know, they know that there's no proof that you have a disease that is ADHD. And how about the, the addiction to these drugs? Let's talk wow, about well, that. They are addictive. You, if you talk to anybody who's been on an SSRI, uh, Prozac, Luvox, Zoloft, Effexor, go through the whole list. There's zillions of them. They can't get off of them. It is so hard to get off of these drugs. And of and course, what happens they, to them? Well, they stay on them because it's really, really hard to get off. I mean, to get off of these drugs, you have to do it so slowly over like, you know, six to eight months trying to get off these things. And remember, your chemicals in your brain. Your, your naturally occurring chemicals have now been changed because you've been taking these, you know, extra dopamine, norepinephrine, serotonin. You know, there's more serotonin in your stomach than there is in your brain. So when you take, when you took the dive and you looked at the, the pre-Columbine virus, mm -hmm. you compared it to, you know, all these kids were on cocktails. Mm -hmm. And you see something like Highland and you see you, um, the, the Texas mm -hmm. massacre. What do you think now needs to be done <clears throat> to change this tra trajectory? Okay. This is. Um, so the first thing that I think always should be made public other than what happened, you know, there's been a shooting and, you know, we need to know that person's mental health history. We need to know when they were first diagnosed, what they were diagnosed with and what drugs they were given. Okay. We still don't know anything about the Uvalde shooters, mental health history, nothing. Right. Even though they said in sixth grade, he was a loner. He had um, issues going to school. He was truant all the time, which, you know, sets off bells and whistles for me that mm -hmm. they called his mother in or they called his grandmother in, whoever was in control of this kid. And, so, and they sat down and they talked. He was probably referred somewhere for some kind of help. You know what I mean? That's what mm -hmm. it says to me. Now I could be wrong, 
But why don't we get to know that information? This kid uh, in Highland Park. Now we know he had a mental health history. Well, you know, I, I love the fact that when Tucker, when Tucker was reporting on this the other night, you know, and they, he was talking about the fact that the family said that they didn't see any red flags and he put the picture up, you know, and he would ask like everybody in a newsroom would say, excuse me, take a look at this kid. Of yeah. course, this kid had a mental health issue. Well, no, they've would, already you, said don't have, you, don't, you don't need a medical degree to figure that out. No, no, no. But they've already said that he did. He has a mental health history. So mm -hmm. my question is. Okay. But the family said there were no red flags. Well, that's what that's what Tucker red was. Red flags are very overrated. They've never been able to really knock anybody down before it happens. Okay. Look, I want to know when this kid first was introduced to mental health. Mm -hmm. And I want to mm -hmm. know what drugs they put him on. Not a doubt in my mind, the kid's been on a whole litany of drugs. I'd mm -hmm. almost put my life on it. So tell us what it is. And the reason this is important, because every time you have these shootings, what do they say? We got to throw more money at mental health. Well, it's not working. It's not working. You are drugging these kids from a very young age. And then you're wondering why they're so violent when they're, you know, teenagers. Oh, oh, oh. Tucker, he nailed it. He nailed it the other night. Well, I think, you know, quite frankly, when I watched that, I said to myself, that's what my friend Kelly O'Meara has been saying for over 20 years. I mean, but he did. But I he have. did. Thank God he did. I mean, I'm literally in my in my living room jumping up and down. I, was, I couldn't believe it. Finally, lordy, lordy, lordy. Somebody mm -hmm. in a position that can get it out there to the masses is finally saying something. And he nailed it the way he put it out there. This kid, we deserve to know when these shooters do these things where we sh the public should be able to know their mental health history because all we're doing is dumping more money more money in a mental health that it's not working it's not working we're drugging people that's all we're doing so what when you when you take a look at uh psyched out now in the context of that, is there anything in that book that you think that maybe you didn't cover as well as you could have in the last, because that book came out, what, 2003, 2004? 2005. 2005, okay. Yeah, yeah. no. Knowing what you, knowing what you kn knew then, Kelly, mm -hmm. on this, okay, when the book came out, and then everything that's happened since with all of these killings, is there anything that you think that you missed? Because I, when, when I read that, I thought it was pretty complete. You know, it's really sad. I often tell people, you know, I wrote this book in 2005. Mm -hmm. Nothing has changed. It is still as relevant today as it was in 2005. And that makes me very sad. I don't have to change anything in it. It's all there. Okay. It's just that now we have many, 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 many more deaths. It's like Adam Lanza at, uh, you know, um, not Columbine, but uh, Sandy Hook, mm -hmm. right? the Sandy Hook uh, shooter. He had a history of mental health. Right. But his psychiatrist destroyed those records. Okay, well, that's not very helpful. But we know that he was on Lexapro at one point because it, he went to the Yale uh, Child Study Center for treatment. What else was he on? See, they don't want you, they don't want you to know that. Okay, that's Monday. Mm-mm. So, so like doctors not speaking not about the COVID vax injuries now, mm -hmm. okay, being hesitant mm -hmm. to do that. 
what's the complicity of the psychiatrists that are in the room? Because they have to, they, to, to, they, they know that there's no signs. Here's the thing. It's not even psychiatrists so much anymore. Family doctors prescribe this stuff like it's candy. They don't even have to go to a psychiatrist. They just have to go to their family doctor. It's the entire medical community, okay, that needs to understand, yes, some people can take these drugs and it's just fine, right? How lucky for them. But a lot of people can't take them and they get weird. It changes your brain chemicals. And if you start giving them to kids at a really young age and they continue up through the years, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? They're going to go off. At some point, they're just going to go off. And they are. And that's why this Highland Park kid, we need to know what he's been prescribed. We need to know. I don't get it. If they were on, uh, you know, cocaine, they'd probably tell us or meth. So who, so is there, is there a path out of this tunnel? Cause it's a pretty dark tunnel because nothing well, has agrees with me and everybody else over the years who has fought this fight. Let's make it, you know, let's, let's put some sunshine on this issue. Stop talking about guns. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Okay. I'm sorry. That's the way it works. Got to have a person to do it. And there's a reason why that person is doing it. Are they crazy? Yeah. Are they crazy because they're on a cocktail of mind-altering drugs? That's what we need to find out. Instead, Congress rushes to pass legislation that include red flag laws, mm -hmm. right, for gun owners, mm -hmm. that, you know, severely restricts the Second Amendment again for law-abiding citizens, throws a ton of money at mental health. Ah! Every time they get more mental health money, more mental health. And more mental health money means more drugging. There's a 3,000% increase in drugging. 3,000%. Tucker Carlson laid it out. Everybody, I recommend that you go on YouTube and watch Tucker Carlson's opening remarks. They're wonderful. He did a great job. So I also recommend that everybody read your book. I keep... <laughs> actions with Adderall and with Ritalin, I say, you know, this is this is old news, folks. There were class actions. You know, there were a ton of them that were filed in the 19, 1980s. I think it was the first one in the 90s and 2000. There were more that were filed that were dismissed. But at the same time, Kelly, you and I have lived and worked in Washington, D.C. for years. Let's talk about manufacturing and research association, the trade association, and the impact on Capitol Hill, the money that flows from that trade association and the influence it has. Well, it has influence. Of course it does. It's like the, they're like, actually, I think the tech community has surpassed the pharmaceutical community as far as, you know, money to, to elected uh, lawmakers. Um, but yeah, they throw their money around. And you think a member is going to, you know, bring up in a committee, hey, you know, I heard this uh, show with Christy Dolan and Kelly O'Mara that there's no science to uh, psychiatric diagnosing. And these drugs might make people kill people. You think that's going to happen? No. No. Mm -hmm. Too much money. I mean, the pharmaceutical. Look at it. You know how much money they made off of COVID, the vaccine, the quote unquote mm -hmm. vaccine? Mm -hmm. I, I hate calling it that, by the way. You know, gene it's therapy. It's gene therapy. Well, it's not even that. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's a spike protein thing. I don't know. It's not, you know, it's not a vaccine as we know vaccines. It certainly doesn't stop you from getting COVID, nor does it stop anybody from you giving it to somebody. 
So, you know, I don't know. You can call it anything you want, I guess, but <laughs> it's, it doesn't work that way. Right. It's, it's really, for, it's, uh, it was created for profit over people. It's not wellness. That's for certain. No. We know that. We know it's not wellness. And we're not saying anything that Bill Gates and Fauci haven't said, but they just, we might have said it earlier than they did. But Fauci and Bill Gates have come out and said that it doesn't stop transmission. It doesn't stop you from getting the disease. And as Bill Gates said at the Davos, when he was on the stage, he wasn't really, I think it was Davos where he said, that you know, if it doesn't if it doesn't stop transmission and it doesn't stop the disease, what's the point of mandates? And I thought, okay, so, so admit admit you failed. Well, why are they still pushing it? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what I don't understand. Why do why are we? St- and we don't want to get off on COVID, but why are we still in an emergency situation? I mean, the president just extended it for like forever. Why? So that we can't mm-hmm. sue the pharmaceuticals if you're harmed by it? I don't know. None of these, these, well, they, if, approved. none yes, of them approved. But, but, but Congress has also passed a law in 1986 during the Reagan administration and where they, they you basically, they have no liability for any vax injuries. You, you have to apply like a Catholic compensation fund and you don't, you can't subpoena any of the records from the Pfizer's of the world. But there, there are people in different countries since they are distributing the COVID shots mm-hmm. overseas and other countries through their courts are taking a look at what's going on. No, oh, I know that. I know yeah. that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, until you approve it for the public, you know, Comerity has been approved, but it's not for sale in the United States. Right. Okay. <laughs> you got to love okay. that one. But they sell it overseas. Well, yeah. what is, Kelly, what do you, uh, in terms of, um, if, if you were in charge, okay, if you were president of the United States, God help us all when I say that, but if you, <laughs> if you, I say that as a good friend, day. I, I say that as a good friend, but I mean, if, if you were in charge right now, knowing mm-hmm. what you know, knowing that nothing's changed in 20 years, mm-hmm. that your book psyched out that we, I want to put a plug in for that again, you know, show it, show it again, Kelly, so people can see it, psyched out by Kelly Patricia O'Mara. It's like that. Everybody go out and buy that book. But if you were in charge, Kelly, what would be the first three steps that you would take right now? Because we've come to the point where the research is there. Drugs are still being given to kids. The cocktails are still being given. Mm-hmm. Parents are unconscious, but some parents aren't because they see what happens to their kids and they see what happens to their families as a result of this. And they live through some of these tragedies, whether they're with the gun and somebody goes to jail and gets killed or whether they're the receiver of the bullet and it changes the family forever. I mean, these were little kids that were killed in Highland. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess the thing is, um, no, in uh, Uvalde. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. if I could have one day in Congress, um, you know, to have a open hearing, I would probably like to bring the American psychiatric association before it and make them explain how it is that they can, you know, diagnose people as, whatever, uh, you know, all 400 some odd diagnoses. Um, where's your science? Where's your medicine to support this? Okay. Um, I would bring in the pharmaceuticals, you know, and they're going to, they're going to admit they always do. It's right on their inserts. You know, they don't know what it's treating. They have no idea because there's no abnormality. There's no abnormality in the brain for ADHD, but you know, the drug may help you. It, It may, you know, I think you have to shine a light on it. All I ever wanted to do was give people informed consent. In other words, when you go to your doctor, your doctor has has to tell you there's two sides to this drug issue. You know, 
yes, people have taken these antidepressants and, you know, many people feel very good taking them. But, you know, we've, we've had some very bad, ex, you know, experiences too, where people have had, you know, mania and psychosis. They have to tell them both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. And they don't. It's just, oh, this will help. Oh, that's not helping. Let me add one. Or let me up this one and I'll add this one. And then they got a cocktail of mind-altering drugs, psychotropic drugs. They will change the way you think and behave. So how addictive are these drugs? Because I remember that that was a big portion of your book too. Well, they're addictive in the sense that once you're on them, you know, they have changed your brain chemicals. You know, it's very hard to get off of them. I think, uh, what's the, uh, Christy, um, the blonde singer in um, the the group uh, that the Clintons love. Um, ah, she, Christy Mc, ah, Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Okay. Oh, right. The lead singer. Okay. Remember she went to Betty Ford cause she was, you know, she took cocaine. She was addicted to cocaine. Went to Betty Ford, got clean. And before she left Betty Ford, they said, Oh, you ought to go see a psychiatrist, you know, and, you know, talk. And so she did. And the psychiatrist put her on an anti-psychotic. Okay. And she openly admits that it ruined her life. It ruined her life after that. Getting off cocaine was a yeah, it was a cakewalk. Getting off a of Zoloft was a totally another thing. You know, I mean, she had to be hospitalized. Mm-hmm. And she says it ruined her life. You know, I don't know. So the wake the wake up call is, and again, I'm going to push it. Um, you know, Christy McVeigh. Christy McVeigh. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, you got it. So, so at the same time, we want to push out your book psyched up. Tell us about your new podcast. Ah, well, I do. I have a podcast. It's called don't ask that question with Kelly O'Mara. And every week I interview somebody as wonderful as like Christine Dolan or um, yeah, this week I interviewed uh, uh, Kim Rohde, who is the United States uh, a shooting champion, six time, a uh, six medal Olympist. Um, in uh, in shotgun shooting. So I interviewed her and uh, about the Second Amendment and uh, how our rights are being eroded little by little. Um, and it was a wonderful interview. So and she's a, a really, really cool person. I mean, what I'm in awe of her abilities, frankly. I know how hard a shooting is. Um, I do it myself as a, a amateur competitive person. Um, I go to shoots and... Um, you know, have a little thing fly through the air and <laughs> it's hard. And she mm-hmm. has won six Olympic medals doing this. So um, my hat's off to her. But every week I, I interview uh, different people on different issues, just as you do. So where so where can people find your podcast? It's on YouTube. It's on BitChute. It's on Rumble, you know, and you can go to my website. Don't ask that question with Kelly O'Mara.com. So, so you want to tell a story about how you came up with this? No, I, <laughs> I asked a question that I shouldn't have asked and I got in trouble. <laughs> Mom. You know, it was one of those, really. One of those, one it of those. So bizarre, yeah, but I'm start a podcast. It's on your podcast, okay? And I really want people to show that book one more time. I want people to buy this book. I want them to read it. You know, this is, this is, this is, there's history here, just like there's history for the farmers with vaccinations. There's history here for the SSRIs with the American 
you know, psychiatric association. And, and as well as you reminded me about how doctors, the GPs now are handing out, you don't oh. have to go to a shrink to get these. They're handing out. They're the majority. Yeah. Who, who, let me, looking back now, do you think that the, I mean, we know that the American Teachers Associate, Federal, what is it, American Federation of Teachers was involved with the CDC during COVID for the mask and pushing that. Mm-hmm. Did you find looking back, I know that there were some initiatives, like in California, they were trying to pass a law that the parents' rights, the, the school counselors were going to decide if these kids should be on Ritland. Do you think that the teachers union at that time back in the 80s and 90s together with the APA? I don't know. I never I never got into the whole teachers part of it, but I'll tell you what. There's a group called Able Child and they're on uh, it's ablechild.com if anybody wants to go to their website. I know the people that started uh, Able Child and they started it because these two women, uh, both of them separately, their schools tried to get uh, their sons on on drugs. And one of the women, the state actually forced her to put her son on an antidepressant or an antipsychotic. So anyway, they've joined forces, okay, because they didn't want their kids to be on drugs, okay? And they started this group called Able Child. And over the years, they were able to get federal legislation. It is against the law, federal law, for any school, teacher, you know, admin, anybody, to recommend your child be put on drugs. It is against the law. They can't even say it. Okay. And that's thanks to Able Child that they got that passed. So when did they, when did they get that law passed? God, about 10 years ago. So in the school, they cannot recommend that. But now, now we have, now we have the FDA, which is captured by the pharma industry financially. Completely. Going into and telling people that you 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 may have to have a six month old infant on up take COVID shots. It's what a world! Criminal. What a what a country we live in. I'm sorry, but I think that's criminal. I, yeah, I do. I think. Well, I you know I, I I'm I'm not anti-vax. I'm anti-pharma corruption. I'm not anti-vax either. I'm anti-experiment. I don't want to be the the monkey. You know, it's an experiment. We have no idea what's coming down the pike. Right. That's right. We know what's happening now, though. Reports are coming in of this. So, you know, and again, look, I did a show on, don't ask that question. I did a show uh, with the head of the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, okay, on COVID. YouTube and Facebook took it down. Can't talk about COVID. No, no. So we may not get this through. <laughs> no, no, no. We will get we'll get this through because they can't take us down. I mean, you know, that's I'm I'm not we're not on the, we're not on YouTube. I I don't even I've never had a Facebook account. I won't. I I don't I, I'm not going to support Zuckerberg. I would never support you know Dorsey and these guys. But you know we can get out the message. Don't worry. All right. Good. Um, Kelly, it's so good to see you. I'm so glad that you're doing your podcast, and I'm so glad that we're resurrecting your book that still stands, you know, 16 years later, because it is, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a wealth of information that everybody needs to read, whether, you know, no matter what's going on. So they hasn't changed. That's the sad part about it. You know, that's the sad part about it. It is. It makes me sad. Mm -hmm. I wish I could write an update, but it's the same old, it's the same old, same old. And until people finally get it in their head that there is a downside to these drugs, we're going to see more shootings. I'm sorry. It's just going to keep happening. 
And I, I think that if lawmakers really wanted to do something smart, they would make it mandatory to release the mental health history of these shooters to the public immediately. And the drugs that they have been prescribed. Yes. And well, who were the doctors who prescribed it and what were the diagnoses to prescribe those drugs? Absolutely. Well. Instead of throwing money at mental health, hey, how about we take a look at mental health? I don't think it's working. With all the mm -hmm. money they get every single year, the government's throwing more and more money at them. What are we seeing? An increase in these crazy shootings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kelly, thank you. Kelly O'Mara, psyched out by the book. I appreciate it, Christine. Thanks.